tell me if I'm wrong. What I'm getting from you is that in your entire discussion of what the Josephine County Eagle means to you, it's more about bringing people together instead of dividing people, you know, instead of dividing us between city and county, instead of dividing us between Republican, Democrat, instead of dividing us between business owner and employees, you're trying to bring people together to understand each other more, to understand each other's perspective more. Is, am I getting that right? You're dead on. I mean, yes, we have differences. The old saying, you know, learn to disagree agreeably. In some ways we have to learn to agree agreeably. There is a place in Southern Oregon filled with gorgeous natural beauty, friendly yet independent people, and a mild, comfortable climate. That place is called Grants Pass. These are the stories of the people that live and work in Josephine County. These are the movers and shakers that make this place the best. This is Grants Pass VIP. Richard Emmons is a local business owner and marketing strategist. He's the author of three books, Marketing Survival Guide, Chamber Advantage, and 52 Things to Do in Southern Oregon. Richard served on the board of the Gospel Rescue Mission for 21 years. In 2014, he was named Man of the Year by Grants Pass and the Josephine County Chamber of Commerce. He's lived in Rogue Valley with his wife Kathleen and family since 1998. On top of all that, Richard is a publisher and editor of the brand new Josephine County Eagle. Richard Emmons, welcome to Grants Pass VIP. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Great talking to you. We've met on and off through the years, and I've always wanted to get to know you a little bit better. So this is a great chance to be able to dig in further. First, just off the bat, other than what we heard from your bio, how would people know you possibly for people within the county? You know, it's funny. It depends on how they view me because, you know, through the chamber, I've represented one business for a long time, the boardroom executive suite. So they see me as Mr. Boardroom. Other people see me as a longtime member of the Gospel Rescue Mission. Some people see me just through church. Those activities promote my books here and there. And now, you know, everybody sees me as the publisher and editor of the Justin County Eagle. So I'll just get that on the screen. Even though this is an audio podcast, I still like... <laughs> Put it out there. So people that know me from Toastmasters, I'm just a lifelong learner. I love to learn new things and I love to tell other people about them. Uh, my wife is extremely patient in this regard. She'll often, I'll listen to a podcast, so you got to hear this, you know, or read a book, you got to hear this. And she'll sit there quietly and say, okay, Richard, are we finished? And I say, oh, yes, yes. Thank you, Kathleen. That's so great. Because I process out loud, you know, I think through things and that's just who I am. So they see me from Toastmasters. I love to read a book or have an experience or do something. Just give you one example. I learned about how you can publish on KDP on Amazon. It's a great platform to, have, you know, to publish your first book on. Well, I go to Toastmasters and I deliver a seven-minute speech on how to do that. And three of the people in my club published a book on Amazon following my process before I had done it. So anyway, that gives you a little insight to who I am and how I do things. That's fabulous. It's so funny. There's so much overlap in how your life runs and how my life runs. It's it, And we've, we've been in this community together. Just curious, how did you end up in Grants Pass? How did you end up in this area? How it turned out was back in the mid-90s, I subscribed to Art Robinson's Access to Energy newsletter. And every once in a while, he would say, well, you know, you move to Southern Oregon you can buy five acres and a house for what it costs to buy a townhouse in San Diego. You know, and I think wow. 
So we moved up here in 1998. You know, partly it was Y2K. That had a, a certain element to it. But that really just got us thinking about raising our family. We have four daughters, uh, getting them out of the big city in the rat race. You know, business was very busy. You know, I had a very demanding boss who was very successful. You know, I was a controller at a warehouse subsidiary at 28. And then at 31, we spun that company off into a separate company. And I became the chief financial officer. And my boss there, Joe, I mean, he was a fabulous marketer. And he built into a nationwide company. But there were times when he'd come in on Monday. And I had my week planned out and he'd say, hey, Richard, I got to send you to Chicago. We got to open an office in Chicago. You get on the tomorrow flight. And I go, okay, Joe. So it was a little bit of that rat race. It was fun work. It was challenging work. It was lucrative. It provided for my family. But we wanted to get to a slower pace of life. And Art Robinson had written about Southern Oregon. So we came up in 1997 and took you know, several vacations up here ostensibly to fish, but we we're really not looking for salmon or trout. We we're looking for a home or a place to live. And that's what we ended up doing. And I like to kid, you know, when I'm delivering speeches that I'd move my family up before the turn of the century. And then I say 1998, you know, but uh, yeah, that's how we got up here and it worked out great. Uh, we're a homeschooling family. It was totally seamless. You know, at the time our daughters got up here and they really took to it. And they started getting into music and that led to the Emmons Sisters Band. And they had opportunities to play at the Chambers uh, Concerts in the Park series and then other regional bluegrass festivals and other things. And it's just a lot of fun. Things that I couldn't have done if I had stayed down in Southern California. Fabulous. That's great. That's what brought you up here originally. Mm -hmm. So in retrospect and from where you're at today, What's the reasons why you stay here? What really uh, makes Grants Pass and Josephine County special to you? There's a number of different things. Obviously, we joined a church. We got very involved in that. And that led to playing Ultimate Frisbee on Sunday afternoons with like 40, 50 people. It was incredible. I was in better shape in my 40s than I was in my 30s you know, <laughs> because of playing Ultimate Frisbee so much. So it's just a lot of fun. Um, we like being up here. I got involved with the Gospel Rescue Mission as you mentioned in my introduction, and that really got me connected to the local community in a way that I just had never really thought about that. I mean, I was invited to join the board. I didn't know anything about the Gospel Rescue Mission Board, but that's part of my personality. I just jump in with two feet and I figure it out as I go. And what I learned was that we're big enough in Grants Pass to have the Gospel Rescue Mission and really help people in a big way, but yet we're a small enough community that you can get to know some of the residents by name, and you can see who you're helping. These are real live, breathing men, women, and children who are responsible, and they're trying to get out of this cycle of poverty and homelessness and despair. And we offer them hope, and we give them food and clothing and a place to sleep, but we also give them the gospel. That was one of the things that kept me here because we just like the community. And like I say, I just enjoy getting to know people and helping people in one way or the other. Awesome. What led you into your line of work, into the things that you're doing on a daily basis? What brought you there? Well, I'll give you a little bit of my backstory. Like I say, I just jump in. You know, I was in high school. I was reading college manuals for different colleges. And I saw the United States Naval Academy. And I said, wow, that would be great. You know, I like sailing. I mean, I didn't have any family members in the military, but it looked really interesting and it was very rigorous academically. So I got a congressional appointment. 
And I went there and I tried it out. They gave you two years to try it out. But during my second year there, I knew it wasn't for me. And I was looking for alternatives. And my brother was taking accounting in high school. He was a couple of years behind me. He says, well, you know, you might look into accounting. I said, well, that sounds good. So I got a degree in accounting. And then my first year out of college, I got married right after college. I tried all these different entrepreneurial things. And I just kept falling flat on my face. I mean, we're trying this thing and that thing and the other thing. I try to sell things, making minimum wage plus commission. It just wasn't working out. It was kind of funny because in college, I earned money selling attic insulation door to door. And I was able to make four times the minimum wage. But then you graduate, you have a college degree you know, in business and accounting. I was not making much more than minimum wage. It was really kind of pathetic looking back on it all. But it's just part of my story. And then I decided to use my accounting degree. And I got my first accounting job and I just stayed with it. I had good opportunities. I made the most of them. I always joke when people talk about four 10-hour days. I go, you know, that'd be neat. I, I could cut back to four 10-hour days from the five or the five and a half that I normally work. That's just who I am. So I did accounting. And as I say, I worked for Warehouser. And then we had a leverage buyout. And it was entrepreneurial. And I was learning so much. It was such a great thing at the time of computers coming on the scene. And you're, you're setting up networks and you're creating these things called email, which is new on the scene. And, you know, I had an email account with CompuServe and it was just a different time. Part of my job was who got the $5,000 computer and who got the $4,000 computer. And those computers are worth like $100 now. But back then it was a major expense to give somebody a computer. And that's just part of what I did. Designing software. It was just a lot of fun. I got to do a lot of different things and I found it very interesting. And I did that for 22 years. I did it after I got up here. Uh, the first year I was up here, I didn't get a full-time job, but I did design software for my former company, which was very helpful for me. And I enjoyed doing that. But then I became a chief financial officer of a local company, did that for about six years. I was CFO at the same time for a company based out of, they're based out of Southern California, but their operations were in Mexico. And, you know, so I was kind of a virtual CFO for them. And, and I did all that. And then finally, you know, we decided to do an employee buyout, so to speak. And it just didn't work out. You know, there's, there's just a difference between being an owner, being a manager, and being one of the, the line workers. And we had line workers. They were really smart. Uh, but, you know, being an owner of the company is really different. So that didn't work out. I still remember one time, you know, out of the 16 employees, we were given the opportunity and there were nine of us that raised our hand and said, yeah, we'd like to take on ownership. And I remember the day after the deal closed, one of them said, oh, this is great. We're owners. We can give ourselves raises now. And I said, no, you don't understand. We're owners. We may have to take pay cuts. Well, the day after that, there were only eight of us because he was a quick study and he said he wanted to just be an employee. And that's okay. You know, not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. You have to sort of try and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it takes a long time before it works. And that's okay too. But after that, I decided to do something different. And I had a year of kind of transition work, freelance work. And then I always, back in 1989, I started studying Jay Abraham because I was very well-rounded in business, except on the marketing side. And again, being a self-learner, you know, my wife and I plucked down $5,000 back in 1989, which is a lot of money back then. And I bought this protege mentor program by Jay Abraham. And I just studied it and studied it. And it, it rounded me out. So even though I might've been a chief financial officer, I knew a lot about marketing, non-traditional marketing. And I was able to be an asset 
But at the end of that time of being a CFO, I learned that you can be an owner and you can be the chief financial officer, but the people that really make it happen, success or failure in a business, it's in sales and marketing, and then it's in operations. And you can be the chief financial officer and you can give recommendations and advice, but you're not out there selling or you're not out there delivering the service and directly in touch with the customers. You're really out of touch. Kind of a light bulb moment for me. I enjoyed all that time. And I've always admired Moses in the Bible because he had three distinct careers of 40 years each, being a prince of Egypt and then a shepherd of sheep and then finally a leader of the people. And I don't look at 40 years, but more like 20 years. Can I look at it like 20 year periods of time? And uh, so then I just started doing marketing. I was working with a company that in a sign business. He said, you know, I can't pay you for doing the sign business, but you know so much about marketing. Will you be my marketing consultant? So I said, sure. You know, and I really don't like a lot of government regulation. Thankfully, to become a marketing consultant, what I had to do was print a business card that said Richard Emmons, marketing consultant. And that was it. I didn't have to go back and take more college classes. I didn't have to take a licensing exam. You just have to get clients and then help them grow their business. That client grew to others. And then I got an opportunity to be a partner in a business in the boardroom. So even though they weren't a employer, it took a lot of time, a lot of energy to get that, you know, the fully occupied. And now I don't, I'm not, I'm still involved, but I'm not day-to-day manager. I'm not the day-to-day manager there. And I like that. I like helping lots of companies. It's one of the reasons I wrote my books to help businesses do it. I'm a big advocate of reading books to learn more. And then if you really want to learn more, write a book on a topic because you're putting yourself out there and it's permanent because it's in paper and toner. And like your book, it's between a hardcover. Yeah. You know, my book, you know, they're paperback. You know, they might not survive, you know, a flood or something, but yours is a hardback book. So <laughs> better be good. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a... Great segue. I'd love to ask you more about your book. So tell me what first led you to write your first book? Greed. <laughs> okay. That's a short answer. But, <laughs> but seriously, back in 2009, I was writing the first draft of what became Marketing Survival Guide. And I wrote that book really to display my expertise in marketing. I mean, you write it down, people can read it, and if they need help, then they'll hire you. But when I got involved in this other business, I set the manuscript on, you know, the back burner for eight years. And then I picked it up again because I realized that there's only a few companies I can really help as a marketing consultant, but there are tons of companies that need help. And I've been in that position too, where there's no money for marketing. There's no money to buy advertising. You have to get very creative. So I rewrote the whole book to teach local business owners how to be their own marketing consultant. That was really the premise of the book, you know, how to set themselves apart from their competitors, how to create an effective advertisement, and then how to stay in touch with your clients so that your clients don't become somebody else's clients. That's what I tried to do in getting that book out there. Fabulous. Did you get the results you were hoping for when you first got your book published? Yeah, I did because I literally announced the book at the Chamber Weekly Greeters program in the morning. And I was literally, you know, I was at the library of all places. They're meeting at the library because they, they meet in different places. This is really old school for some of you younger listeners. We used to meet in person and you could shake hands and exchange what are known as business cards. It was really effective. And I hope someday 
they'll make a movie and show some of that so people can remember. But seriously, I walked out of the meeting and somebody walked up to me and they said, you know, we're holding the Oregon State Chamber Ambassadors Convention in Grants Pass. Would you like to be one of the speakers? I said, sure. So it got me a speaking gig, you know, literally within minutes of announcing the book in my local chamber. And that was good. And I like, you know, giving away the book. It's a helpful thing. And I've written another book called Chamber Advantage, which was the second book. And Chamber Advantage is a lot shorter book. You know, I'm become more enamored with shorter books because they're easier to get through. And if a book is really good, you want to read it more than one time. Mm. So I know you make that point at the end of your book. It's really good advice. You know, read it through really fast and then read it again. Set it aside. Maybe read it a third time. But, you know, start reading, start implementing it. And the Chamber Advantage book is all about how to help someone who's new to Chamber to get involved, get known, and then get business. And you sort of have to do it in a certain sequence. There's some people that show up one time and they announce that they're in business and you never see them again. Mm-hmm. And then they don't renew their membership at Chamber and they probably blame Chamber, but really they didn't know what to do. You know, yeah. they, you, know you talk about Chamber of Commerce in high school or college, you know, generally not. But that's why I wrote that book for. And it talks about how to do your 30 second spiel. I've got little scripts in there. I mean, I really tried to pour everything I know into that book uh, because I want to help people today and later. And I'm also a grandfather. I've got five grandchildren, one on the way wow. uh, coming in June. Maybe by the time this is broadcast, I don't know, but I'm excited about that, of course. And I want to do something for multiple generations. So my new grandson to be born in June, you know, let's say 20 years from now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to think that far ahead, but 2041, he could be 20 years old. And maybe he's selling attic insulation door to door, just like I was, you know, a long time ago. But in any event, he would be able to pick up one of my books and learn from it, just like anybody else can. That's part of my uh, drive to do it. I want to help more than just myself and my business, help other businesses, and then help future businesses so they can succeed as well. And it's one of those things, there's just not enough time on earth to learn from your own mistakes. You know, mm-hmm. you want to learn from other people's mistakes, but more importantly, learn from their successes and just try to find a better way to do things. Wise words. Absolutely. That's great. Okay. Let's take a break from that conversation. I wanted to bring up a question for you. During these crazy times, do you feel like your business is indestructible? Most people don't. And if not, the real question is why? And what can you do to make it as indestructible as possible? Well, that's the basis of my new book, Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business. Let me talk about what we discuss in the first chapter, determine focus. So one of the main ways that you can Amazon proof your business is by determining the focus of your business. And the real problem isn't that you're not doing enough. The real problem is, is that you may be doing too many things in too many places. So one of the things I suggest is decide whether your focus is going to be acquisition, ascension, or monetization. And I go into the details of what that means in this chapter. It's really the only three ways that you can grow your business. And if you just do that one step of determining focus, you can have a huge change in your entire business. But I also have eight other ways to Amazon proof your business. Basically the idea of making it competition proof to even someone as big as amazon.com. So if you'd like to get your hands on a free copy of my book, go to Amazon proof 
book.com. Sign up and you will get a free copy and get the chance to purchase a physical copy of it for a special price. In addition to that, if you happen to be in the Josephine County area or nearby and you're looking to have a speaker come and discuss these type of issues with your organization, club, or group of friends, then I have a limited calendar that I may be able to fit you into. Go check out brianjpombo.com slash speaking and fill out the application. We'll be sure and get back to you on that. And now let's get back to our show. One of the things that got us in connection to get you on the show was the fact that you just took part in opening up Josephine County Eagle, which is the new newspaper. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about that who may not be aware? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Josephine County Eagle, you know, it's something where I've jumped into enough businesses before. And I think, I mean, I only think of like a couple of people off the top of my head that, uh, and you like Corey Fawcett, you know, he's, he's, he was on your show before. He's been a success from probably kindergarten. He was probably, you know, student of the month, 10 months when he was in kindergarten. But, uh, you know, and then you had Tim Thompson with Zipline Gear, started by a young entrepreneur that I knew personally when he launched the business. That happens, but most of the time it doesn't. So I thought long and hard because Josephine County Eagle is a monthly newspaper. It's delivered free to every home and every business in Josephine County. We print up 46,000 copies and it's a commitment, but I'm committed to this community and I really want to have like a a wider discussion on topics that are important. Try to give the complete story, not just part of the story. You know, one of the advantages of being a monthly publication is that we don't have the, the rush of the deadline where you got to get the story out and you don't have time or, or maybe you choose not to get the other side of the story because I have a high and very large incentive to get it right. Because if I publish something, say June 15th, the next issue is coming out. If I make an error, I can't correct that until July 15th. So I have a big incentive to reach out to local leaders, you know, ask them a few questions and try to get their side of the story. And largely that's not happening. And I want to make that happen. We also have uh, an urban-rural divide here in Oregon between the big cities up north and southern Oregon and eastern Oregon. But we also have a bit of an urban-rural divide here in Josephine County. We have two cities and we have a lot of federal land, first of all, but we have a lot of county land where people live out in the county. And I want people to know what's going on everywhere in the county. I mean, I remember going to a Josephine County Commissioner's Candidate Forum hosted by the Chamber of Commerce several years ago. I'm not going to say when, between five and 10 years ago, let's say. But one of the questions that was asked to the 10 different candidates, because there are two different positions open, was, can you name the mayor of Cave Junction? Now, to your listeners outside of Josephine County, you can count all of the cities in Josephine County not just on one hand, on two fingers. We have two mayors in two cities and we had only one of the 10 candidates able to name the Cave Junction mayor. I was embarrassed for them all. And any event, one of the things that the Eagle will do is to let people know what's going on, not just in Grants Pass, but also in Cave Junction and the other parts of Josephine County. And for your listeners out there, the Cave Junction mayor is Mayor Meadow Martell, and Grants Pass is Mayor Sarah Bristol. So there you go. 
you can re-listen to this podcast episode and you can commit to memory the names of the two mayors in case you decide to run for county commissioners. <laughs> so that's just a little piece of political advice from me. It's <laughs> very cool. Well, and this is, it's really exciting on a whole lot of levels because we have really one newspaper for Grants Pass, the Grants Pass Courier, and people have attempted to compete in the past and have been unsuccessful for the most part in really creating another voice out there that gives an even more well-rounded, like you said, whether it be regional, political, or whatever, giving a more well-rounded view of things. I mean, kudos to you for going forward and, and building this up. This is fabulous. Let me start off this question by saying to the audience, we're recording this in May of 2021. So we're what appears to be on the tail end of the COVID-19 crisis. So how has this whole situation affected you and your business and life? Well, it was one of the driving factors for starting at Josephine County Eagle. I mean, there will be, you know, crises that come and go, you know, sometimes it's wildfires. In this case, it's a medical related crisis. And one of the articles that I wrote for the May issue, or issue number one, was get the COVID facts before you get the COVID vax, because there's several different vaccinations. There are fact sheets for each of these that are, you know, emergency use authorization and so forth. And I was just encouraging to get that fact sheet and read it and then discuss it with their doctor. And I'm not going to tell them to go get faxed. But I can tell them to go get the facts. That's just one of those things that people don't realize that, you know, you're putting an injected substance into your body. You know, people that would never eat GMO food, depending on which vax you got, you're in certain sense a GMO person. That's called a, G, a GMP. You know? <laughs> I'm very thankful that especially for the boardroom, and I, I hear this from other people that collect rent each month. We had a moment of truth in March, the end of March of 2020, will people pay their rent or not? And thankfully, in my experience and people that I'm in contact with, they're very thankful that people here in Josephine County and their, you know, for them, paid their rent because this particular COVID has been, whatever it is, I mean, it's allowed the, the federal and state governments to set down some edicts that have never been tried in the past and never done in the past. I mean, shutting down businesses. I'm very pro-business because, you know, if there aren't businesses, there aren't any jobs. I mean, everybody can't work for the city of Grants Pass. You know, there's just a mathematical impossibility there. The people that run businesses and work for businesses, they're the ones that provide the goods and services that people voluntarily buy day in and day out. You know, we might vote, you know, once or twice a year, but we vote with our money every day. And it's the businesses that provide the goods and services that families want, and they're willing to pay for them. And that's where they get the jobs that give them the money to pay for the stuff that they want. So the idea that you can shut down restaurants and then say, oh, it's a really big deal. You can have 25% of capacity. I mean, people don't understand the restaurant industry. <laughs> that is such a challenging industry. And just in the last month, I mean, they're going to be shut down again, no dining in. They may have laid off employees, thrown away their food, whatever it might be. And just literally within days, oh, now you can. And that's just something that the Josephine County Eagle will remember and remind people. Because when these things happen again, we need to be very careful 
about the power that we allow political leaders to exert over us. We can't forget this, however it is. Now, if you study history back in the 14th century, which is you know, 700 years ago, the Black Plague killed 35% of the population. So out of 100,000 people, it would have killed 35,000 people. And then you compare that to COVID-19, it's like 110 people out of 100,000. You let that sink in. And even during the Black Plague, they didn't shut down the marketplace because people had to go out and earn a living and buy food and try to survive to the next day. I like history. You know, I didn't major in history. It's a little harder to make a living history, but I like it. So I'm going to weave it into stories, just try to give people a little more context for what's going on and make it readable. So when they read the paper, they'll see the ads because it's the ads that float the boat. You know, you could be in a newspaper for 100 years and reach 25% of Josephine County, or you can deliver it free by the U.S. Postal Service, not required to be subscribed to, and just have the advertisers support it. And that's the path that we chose. We're a 21st century newspaper. You know, we don't have to do things the way they used to be done. That's really inspiring. I love what you're saying here because, and tell me if I'm wrong, what I'm getting from you is that in your entire discussion of what the Josephine County Eagle means to you, it's more about bringing people together instead of dividing people. You know, instead of dividing us between city and county, instead of dividing us between Republican, Democrat, instead of dividing us between business owner and employees, you're trying to bring people together to understand each other more, to understand each other's perspective more. Is, am I getting that right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely, you're, you're dead on. I mean, yes, we have differences. The old saying, you know, learn to disagree agreeably. In some ways we have to learn to agree agreeably. But that's definitely, I mean, when they divide us, they conquer us. So as a people, as a county, community values aren't 100%. It's never 100%. But if we can think through some of this stuff and develop a way to avoid the divisiveness that is so negative and it's so discouraging for people that are just trying to provide for their families and get their kids educated and not, you know, just all the politics Everything has gotten so much more divisive and we're a community newspaper. The vast majority of our news is going to be Josephine County. We're not going to fill it with associated press stuff about what's going on in Washington, D.C. That's outside of our control. That just adds stress to our lives. And we want to be able to focus on the positive and what we can do locally to make things better. Absolutely. That's fabulous. Really good stuff there, Richard. Um, this is a question that I ask of almost everybody that comes on the show. And that's if we were to talk a year from now and we were going to look back over the past 12 months, what would have had to have happened for you to feel happy with your progress in both professionally and personally? That's always a great question because the future is unpredictable. No one would have predicted 2020 or the first half of 2021. You know, if I'd been on your show in 2019, uh, it would have been entirely different. Of course. But as a newspaper publisher, I would hope that we publish 12 more issues, that we're getting a positive feedback. We've gotten overwhelmingly positive for people that have emailed us and commented on our website. Some have sent checks in to just support the cause. I mean, when people want to send you money for what is a free newspaper, that's great. You know, as a marketer, you're like, wow, we're resonating with our market. Yeah. Uh, we want to be able to help our advertisers. I teach in my book. 
that an advertisement costs the same, whether it brings in you 10 new customers, one new customer, no new customer. We wanna help our advertisers to succeed and get more bang for the buck for their advertisements. So a year from now, I wanna be able to look back and know that I've got a really solid group of advertisers that support the Eagle and know that I support them and their businesses. So that'd be something I'd look back on. And just the fact that we can get back to being normal people in life. I mean, I wrote my 52 things to do in Southern Oregon book because I taught that and I continue to teach it to my students as part of the Ron Paul curriculum. I teach a high school business course and teach them to launch a business. And as part of that, you know, I, I teach them valuable business skills. And one of them is to publish a book. So I had to have a model that they could follow no matter where they live. They could always do a book, you know, 10 things to do in Tupelo, Mississippi, you know, wherever it happens to be, they can write a book. So I wrote this book, but it was a good reminder to me because I got to slow down. I've got to go see all these 52 things that are in my book because <laughs> many of these I haven't been to. I'm not doing the research. I'm writing the book, but I want to go see them. And I got a checklist in the back. Any event, I know it's a shameless plug for my book, but it's a final reminder that as busy as we are, we need to slow down and spend time with our family, lots of time, get to know people in our community, and just enjoy the great place that we live in Grants Pass, Cave Junction, you know, Merlin, all the areas, Josephine County. It is a great place to live. It's a beautiful place to live. And I intend to enjoy it, intend to look back and think that I've made a difference in the community in a positive way and got people thinking about issues in maybe a new way, a little bit out of the box, and working toward a better future it doesn't happen overnight, but it, it won't happen at all if we don't get started now. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. What are the obstacles that are standing in your way of getting there from where you're sitting right now? Is there anything that's really in your way or do you see a real bright future and you don't see anything kind of, I mean, there's always going to be something, but what, what are the obstacles that are currently visible for you? Well, obstacles are is that the economy is really tough right now. Yeah. I mean, we're getting this free money floating down from the sky. It's like manna from heaven. You know, nobody <laughs> questions it. They just eat it. In my view, it's just for me speaking for myself that we didn't take any PPP loans or any of that is the fact that that's future money that they're going to have to tax us for because eventually it all has to get paid for. But in the real economy, we're providing goods and services to other people. You know, that's what we need to get back to more of a normal economy where business owners can work with their employees and their customers and their vendors and just work it out. You know, it's voluntary. You know, it's not a slave labor camp. People can work for whom they want to work and you can go do business with whom you want to do business with. And if you want to mask up, you can mask up. And if you don't, you don't have to. You know, there's just a little more freedom, a little more personal responsibility. But the obstacles, first of all, in any new venture and for anybody listening out there, you don't know what you don't know. There's a lot of stuff you do know. Like I came into Josephine County Eagle knowing a lot about advertising, having sold advertising, created advertising, written a book on advertising. My wife is a graphic designer, so she could lay out the paper. There's a lot of stuff we know. And having written books, I know how to write. But there are things we don't know. But the obstacles could be not getting enough advertisers or getting somebody that says, I can't afford to advertise. And really, see, I look at things contrarily, is that, look, if none of your competitors are advertising, now is a wonderful time to advertise. You know, do the opposite of what the majority of people are doing. And more often or not, you'll do well. That's an obstacle. Obviously, we depend upon the United States Postal Service. You know, shout out to all the postal workers out there that every day, rain, snow, sleet, hail, COVID, 
think they're going to add that as the fifth item. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> right? They deliver the mail almost every day of the week. Uh, so something could come up with them. There could be a postal strike. I mean, it's highly unlikely, but maybe I'll be out on my bicycle delivering them to houses. We'll come <laughs> up with a way. That's what entrepreneurs do. You solve problems. You know, you, you overcome them. That's just part of the business life. Awesome. That's just great. And that that plays well into my second to last question, which I'll get to in a second. But I wanted to thank you for being on. And we'll definitely have you on again, Richard. You're, you're a wealth of information and a lot of fun to listen to. The um, My second to last question is, is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to answer? One thing is the value of persistence. You know, shout out to you and your producer for pestering me gently for months to get on your podcast. And I was always too busy and any event, I guess I want to talk to the audience is that be persistent, expect obstacles in life. And when you work to overcome them, it just makes you a stronger person. And persistence is just a skill that you need to develop. And there are ways you can learn it. Like I did in college selling ads or insulation. I did both of that door to door. It takes a lot of persistence. It's not fun at times, but you just have to be persistent. So that's really one of the last things. Find out something you enjoy doing, try to do it well, think big and be persistent. Fabulous. Great, great advice. The last question I wanted to ask you has to do with what you were discussing. I mean, if, if there are business owners that would like to advertise in Josephine County Eagle, or there are listeners that just want to get to know more about you and everything you offer, what's the best ways for them to get in touch with you? Great questions. They can go to richardemmons.com. So that's my main website for me. And I'll have a link from that to jocoeagle.com. So jocoeagle.com. It's a little tiny website. We're going to have a community forum in the next month or two so that we can have discussion 24-7. Not me 24 hours a day, but people in the community. But uh, if they go to richardemmons.com, they can learn about my books. And they can also get a link over to jocoeagle.com. And I welcome any feedback from people in the audience, whether you like the paper, you didn't like the paper. We like the feedback. We're always looking to do things better. And we appreciate all your feedback. And especially if you're interested in advertising, I have a new way I'm going to be doing that. And I'm putting on a webinar, which will probably be already done, but I'm going to be doing additional webinars because I want to help our advertisers advertise better so they see more results and they'll want to keep advertising in the Josephine County Eagle. Awesome. And I can't wait to see that. And can't wait to read your next book all about how to produce a community newspaper and all that. I mean, I'm just making that up, but I'd love to see something like that because this is, this is powerful stuff. It's a way to be able to take what seems like unsurmountable obstacles in people's lives, you know, uh, trying to get the word out about things, trying to get positive advertising, and you found ways around that. So I can't wait to hear more about the success of Joko Eagle and everything that you're doing. Richard Emmons, thanks so much for being on Grants Pass VIP. Brian, thanks so much. I've enjoyed this chat. A lot of fun. Richard Emmons. What a great interview. It was a really good conversation. It's one of these situations where I have been trying to find a way to have a conversation with Richard for years, <laughs> honestly, years. We had talked here and there, but I knew a little bit about his background and I really wanted to be able to get to know him a little better. So this situation with the Joko Eagle, 
And then the fact that I have Grants Pass VIP, it gave me a great excuse <laughs> to be able to sit down and have a great chat. And I'm happy you were able to join us here. I think it's a great example of why I created Grants Pass VIP to begin with, a chance to get to know people without being invasive, without just walking up to complete strangers and saying, tell me your life story. You know, <laughs> it's a way for me to be able to do that on a completely selfish level, but this is also a way for you to be able to do that. These are conversations with movers and shakers, and I highly recommend going to grantspassvip.com and seeing all the other conversations and the ones that we have going on from here on out. So be sure and sign up for an update so you can be on top of these whenever they show up. That's grantspassvip.com. Join us again on the next Grants Pass VIP, brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com. Helping movers and shakers in Southern Oregon and beyond stand out. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest or a sponsor on Grants Pass VIP, go to grantspassvip.com forward slash contact. Guests who appear on the show do not necessarily endorse the opinions of the host or sponsors. The theme music is Fun Shot by Kevin McLeod. Our host is a Grants Pass resident and business strategist, Brian Pombo. I'm executive producer, Shawnee Douglas. Until next time, live rogue and have fun.